Lainey Wilson has a distinct retro style that makes her easily spotted in a room. Since she was a child, she hasn't been seen without her bell-bottom flared pants on stage or off. It's her style and her warm and inviting Southern personality that makes Lainey attractive to her fans in the U.S. and around the world. This is my second time interviewing Lainey, the singer from Baskin, Louisiana. I had the opportunity to interview her back in 2019 when she was in London. Take a quick listen to her live performance from one night when she performed. Lainey exudes southern graces with her thick southern accent and she's ever so humble and down to earth. We talk fashion, we talk faith, we talk coronavirus, we talk when she's going to get back on stage. So enjoy this interview with country music singer Lainey Wilson. I've always been interested in biographies and the stories of people's lives. In 10th grade, I read over 30 books of the Kennedy family, not out of obsession, but deep fascination of their commitment to public service. I read so many biographies that I've lost count, and I must say, I get this from my mother. She's always reading biographies. I'm Allie Portee, a fashion journalist and editor of Zayla Magazine. I invite you to sit in on some of my conversations with some pretty inspiring people from around the world on topics of fashion, entertainment, music, and entrepreneurship. Basically, these are conversations from the soulful side of life about topics that will hopefully inspire your life in some way. This podcast is in conjunction with Zayla Magazine, Zayla being the German word for soul. This is the soulful side of life. Anything like this, so yeah, it's it it really has hit every pocket of the world, and we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. So I just next year is better, and that people are able to work, and you know the world just gets moving again. So. It's got to be better. I mean, honestly, in the beginning, I kept saying it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. And then it got worse. And I was like, I'm not going to say that again. Because <laughs> I was at C to C in London in March. And then yes. it, it was just getting weird um, in Europe at the beginning of March. And then they canceled C to C like two, three days before. That's and right. I was staying with a friend who lives near there and I was at the O2 arena. I was walking around. They had all the posters up every, the stages set up and it was just so like heartbreaking and hopefully they'll have it next year, but at the end of next year. Golly. I know. I remember some of my friends heading over there and they literally didn't even leave the airport and they turned around and came right back. Yeah. It's, what a year I just but hopefully it's humbled humanity and I certainly you know looked at myself in areas that you know I can improve and be a better human and getting girl the Lord and yeah and it really has I've, I've learned a whole lot about myself I mean some ugly parts some parts where I'm like 
wow, I've had to sit here and be with myself and I've learned this, this and this about myself. And, um, you know, it just kind of all rises to the surface, but it's been good for me. It really has. I mean, yeah, as much as I've hated it, it's yeah. been good for me. I agree. I mean, I, I haven't felt like anger by the virus. It, it's I used those lockdown months because I got locked down in Paris. I was rushing from London because I, I also cover fashion, which I'm going to be asking you questions about your style and country music. Yeah, but, uh, I was at Paris Fashion Week and then I went over to London for C to C and then things are getting weird and I rushed back to Paris and got stuck there for six months. So, but that was okay. Wow. Really Where were you staying? I have a really good friend who has a second bedroom and she let me stay in her second bedroom. I bought food and that was like my rent. <laughs> so that was... Yeah, it was a blessing and I'm a freelancer, so yeah, it didn't affect my work in any way. And I used yep. time to just get close to the Lord, to do reading. That's incredible. And yeah, that was amazing. And then I got up in November, but thankfully I, it didn't hit me too hard. But, you know, all of these things make you strong. Yep. That's right. I had it back in um, the beginning of July. What were your, what were your symptoms? Um, it was all of a sudden one day I woke up, I went to bed fine, but woke up feeling just horrible. Like my whole yep. body ached and it was like my muscles as if I had gone to the gym, but not had gone in a long time. Cause you know, that feeling you have when you hadn't been to the gym. So I had that, my back mu muscles really ached. I heard I smell. I lost my ability to taste. And then my hair started coming out. Did you lose a lot of hair when you like, you know what? I was combing out clumps and clumps of that hair. That is weird that you say that because I noticed my hair was thinning around. I just thought it was because I was getting old. <laughs> it's something That's strange. It's something. I mean, I, I was covering a film festival in the south of Egypt. And for the two days I was sick in my hotel, I had fever chills and everything. But after the two days, I felt fine, but I couldn't smell, I couldn't taste. And then I was combing my hair and I, like balls of hair for like three weeks. And I had to cut wow. it. I recently had to cut it short because yeah, it was- It's not still doing that, correct? No, because it's normal to, to comb out hair. So it's back to the normal coming out but I was freaking out it was three weeks of this every and I didn't like do I have any hair left it was bald girl clumps. Yeah. that is crazy that you say that because so my bangs right here I noticed that it was like super thin mm -hmm. and I couldn't tell if it, it was new growth or old growth I couldn't tell if it was like I had broke it off by you know curling at it or something mm -hmm. but that makes complete sense and nobody's talking about that side effect though because we hear throats, you know, issues or your lungs, if you can't breathe well or fever or no taste. No one's talking about hair. And it seems to be this way for women because I've, I've been asking my female friends who've had it and they have hair, had hair issues as well. But the guys, I mean, wow. some men have really short hair, but they don't seem to be saying that they're combing out lots of hair for the guys but yeah it's it's wow crazy. well I'm so glad I, you're okay and I mean it's just so it's terrifying how 
differently. It's it's hitting people. I mean, mine wasn't that bad either. I mean, I lost taste and smell. It was like I had the flu. Yeah. And um, that was pretty much it. But like my my daddy, he's actually in Nashville right now in town. And two months ago, like the guy who has helped him farm for mm -hmm. 15 years passed away from it. So it's like, you just don't know, you know? Yeah, you don't know. And when you have the, when you are sick from it, I was laying in bed like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't die from this because people no. are dying from it. So, yeah. It's crazy. This too shall pass. In Jesus' name, it's going to pass. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to get into the interview question so I don't keep you too much. Um, oh, girl, I can talk all day, so. <laughs> you've got such a unique fashion style within country music. Where do you get that from? So, Allie, to be honest with you, so I, I call my style of my music and my aesthetic, I call it bell-bottom country. I mean, I'm sure you can tell just from the way I talk, the way I sound, this country thick accent that that's kind of where the country, you know, comes into play. Country music is my heart and soul. It's everything I've known. It's uh, what what my family listened to every single day. It's It was really more than just a genre of music for me growing up. It was really a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And the whole bell bottom thing, I love I love things that come along with a good story, whether it's a, a older song or, um, you know, throwback clothes, whatever it is. I love throwback. And it's crazy because I can go into a vintage shop and I can find this, this shirt I like. And I'm like, I love that. And I might not know the story behind it, but it just feels nice to wear something that has character and know that there is a story within the clothes or there is a story within the song. And I'm a sucker for a good story. Yeah. yeah. But that's where that comes from. And also bell bottom country is just in simpler terms, I guess it just means country with a flare. And, and they are flared pants. Were you they wearing are. Uh, bell bottoms in elementary school or, I mean, did this start when you started music? Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. So, for Christmas one year, my mom and daddy got me and my sister um, a bell-bottom set. So mine was a blue leopard bell-bottom suit, and my sister's was pink. And I just remember wearing that thing all the dang time. And my mom was like, all right, Lainey, we got to wash it. We got to, <laughs> like, you got to take it off just for a minute. So I have really always been obsessed with with those kind of things. Even when I went over to my granny's house, every single time I was over there, she lived like two miles up the road. Every time I was over there, I wanted to wear her clear crystal looking high heels that were from the forties. Wow. And, um, you know, I was the only grandkid who was interested in that kind of thing, but I wanted to dig through a closet. I wanted to see, you know, those, um, those rabbit fur coats. I wanted to, you know, prance around the house and all that. So yes, it's, it's always been a thing of mine. Okay. Wow. And, and it's easy to see how much you love it. I do. It's you, it's your lifestyle. 
Um, I know you've said all you've just said, but can you describe in one sentence or two sentences your personal style? How would you put it into? Yes. So clothing and music or just clothing? Clothing. I would say, number one, like we said, bell-bottom country, country with a flair, fresh and familiar, retro with a Western twist. Retro with a Western, I like that. If you were going to the Grammys, would you wear something with a flared pant leg or would you put on a gown? Yeah, so I have this idea and I can't wait to be able to do this. And I I can't wait to be able to have somebody make a bell-bottom suit that has basically like a train on the bell-bottoms. So I'm like, I've got all these visions and, and I see it. And I think it could be brought to life. Hopefully, you know, I don't get all tripped up and stuff, but I think it would be really cool to be walking down a red carpet with bell-bottoms that have a bunch of fabric just falling in behind it. That's, no one's ever done that. I don't, not even, no. so <laughs> that yep. would be nice to see. <laughs> Um, be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. Um, how have you been been spending 2020 in this challenging year? Yeah, so, you know, just like we were talking about, I've been spending this time, well, first of all, I've been writing every single day. Thank goodness for songwriting, because that really is, that's my therapy. That's my form of therapy. I mean, I have always known that. I've always known that, like, I don't know what I do without songwriting, but especially during times like this, I've really realized that, like, you know, this is a way for me to express myself. And a lot of the times, you know, songwriting for me, I mean, um, getting up and, and putting on an outfit is a, a, is a way for me to express myself. But I can get up and I have nowhere to go. <laughs> so, you know, it's just really digging in and expressing myself in a different way and, and just kind of laying it all out there on the line. So I have during this time, I've probably written 200 plus songs and I'm just cranking them out. But I've also learned to just be still Mm -hmm. and be present. And I'm not going to lie. That is something that, you know, I'm not the best at. Mm -hmm. I love running around. I feel like that's when I'm getting the most done. And I get that from my parents because my parents are always just, you know, busting their butt, doing whatever they can to just, you know, get something done and it's all about the grind but I have I've sat in this house I have enjoyed sitting on my front porch and drinking my coffee and talking to God Mm -hmm. I have um you know I've done things to my house that I've been wanting to do for a long time I've painted my bathroom some crazy colors and I've kind of learned how to cook Mm -hmm. I mean I'm still not the best (laughs) but beforehand I could probably mess up a hot pocket I'm doing all right now, (laughs) but yes, it's been, it's been an eye-opening positive thing. That's amazing that you've taken away a lot to, to grow from this year. Um. What would you say has been um, like the most defining moments in shaping who you are? You're the daughter of a farmer. 
you you seem like the kind of woman who doesn't feel afraid to go out and get your hands dirty to to work hard and you're a musician and you worked really hard to to become a musician so how do all of these things define you your identity absolutely that's such a good question um because i feel like the way i grew up really has trickled over into you know me not giving up on this dream, on this thing that I've always wanted to do. But the story I always think about when I think of this question, so we grew up riding horses. We rodeoed, me and my sister, we were PRCA rodeo flag girls. We, you know, did a whole lot of trail riding and things like that. But I remember being nine years old and my daddy had just bought this horse and he was, um, he was two years old and he brought the horse to the house and the horse was not broke. I mean, nobody had really ridden him. I think one person had ever gotten on his back and daddy saddled him up and he was like, come on, Laney. He said, this is your horse. He said, get on it. And I'm like, I'm like, daddy, no, it's not broke. It's not broken. And, and he was like, he said, no, you can ride it. Get on there, ride it. And he put me on the back of the horse. I remember this literally like it was yesterday. I remember exactly which corner of the arena I was in and the horse started bucking. And I was crying and I was saying, get me down, get me down. I'm scared. And, and I just remember him saying, hold on, you're fine. Hold on. And that is literally like a huge defining moment in my life because every time I feel like I'm about to fall off, every time I feel like I want to let go or it's about to be a, you know, just a, a, a hard time, I just hold on. You know, I mean, life is a crazy ride. It is. And my daddy didn't know it then when he was telling me that, but that was seriously one of the, the biggest lessons I have ever learned in my life that I have carried on into my music career. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, you got to hold on. Yeah. To break into music, film, fashion, they're very All of it. industries to get into. Now, sure. what, what was the, um, thing that kept you going in music through all the rejections is it I mean you've got that experience but was it yep. just the tenacity to like when people yeah make- so I'm I'm pretty hard-headed and mm-hmm. I guess you could say I have to be borderline crazy I mean honestly anybody who does this or in any kind of you know like you said acting um the music industry whatever it is I mean you gotta be a little like halfway insane to just keep going because you hear so many no's you hear you know this isn't for you you hear you need to go try something else but I have always even from a very early age um I knew I wanted to be in Nashville when I was nine years old I just knew like I've you know my parents drove through Nashville and I said this is home and my parents were like Laney, don't say that, you know, like you're my baby, but I have always known. And I truly think it's peace from the Lord. Um, it's, it's a really weird thing when I try to explain it to people. Cause they're like, how did you know at nine years old, you know, that you were supposed to be in Nashville. And, um, but it's just been one of those things where, you know, I've, I've worked at this my entire life. I have, um, you know, in high school, I impersonated Hannah Montana. Um, I played with a band at the end of high school going into college called the Cadillac Kings. And I've always just, I've I've seen it. I've seen my eye has been on the prize and I knew that 
it was going to take a very, very long time for me to get there. But I know, you know, anything worth having, you got to work for it. And, and all those times I've been told, no, all those times I've been told you're not ready. I've been like, you know, that just means I'm one step closer to finding a yes. And I love what I do. This is really one of the only things I know how to do well, and I'm going to do it. Dang it. So it's just, you filled up that bar in London uh, after the concert when I, that was the first time I saw you perform live and just by the, the room being full and people knowing your songs, it's a confirmation that, this is what you're it is. And, and that's another thing is, you know, things like that happening, little doors at a time. You know, um, I was in Nashville for seven years before I even got offered a publishing deal. And it's little moments like that that keep me going, that keep that are that are like, OK, you're on the right track. You're not there yet. But I think that's how I'll always be. You know, I don't know where that ceiling is. I don't know when I'll be like, oh, I've made it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll always be what's next you know, be grateful for it, be thankful for it, move on. What's the next thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I will, I will tell you this and I've actually never even shared this, but, um, it was really weird probably back in 2012, I guess I was living in my camper trailer in Nashville and I had just gone home to Louisiana for the weekend. And, um, you know, I had been dating this boy for seven years. He was my childhood sweetheart. And I could not decide, you know, I was like, I knew I wanted to be in Nashville, but I was like, what do I do? Like, you know, what about him? And, um, and I'd really been, you know, praying about it, trying to figure it out. And my grandfather on my daddy's side, he has always been super supportive of music. I mean, he always, he would take me to bluegrass festivals. He actually, you know, gave somebody a few hundred dollars back in the late seventies to help him move to Nashville and get started. He's always just been super supportive of music and he passed away when I was 11 years old, but I went home to Louisiana and I had this super vivid dream and it was the craziest thing I'm talking about, like as real as if he were just like sitting right here next to me mm-hmm. and he was on church street in Nashville And I literally, it was like nothing was around him, but for some reason I knew he was on church street and I walked up to him and I sat down and he like put his arm around me. And I remember just kind of like laying my head on his chest and I, I seriously felt it. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, he was sent down to communicate with me just for a minute. And he said, he said, Lainey, you got to listen to me. He said, this is my one chance to tell you this and you have to listen to me, please. He was begging me. And then he just said, he said, so-and-so is not for you. And Nashville is where you're supposed to be. And that right there is enough, you know, confirmation for me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So very powerful dream. And as you're moving forward, just in when I, that was 2000, you see the C last year, right? 2019. Yep. Gosh, it seems like now 2020, I feel like everything else happened like 10 years ago or something. I don't know, girl. <laughs> um, it seems like you've just had a lot of successes or not. It seems you have had, you know, you, you were touring, you put out a, a new single recently, mm-hmm. um, things a man ought to know. And then you, 
you had an album come out, right? Like, yeah, so I had an EP come out and the entire, the entire project's coming out towards the beginning of the year, but I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, and then you got your honor. Um, Is it, was it at the Grand Old Opry? Um, yes a couple of months ago so that yep on valentine's day wow like that's your true love you know (sighs) and it's it when you stay committed to what you know that god has put on the inside of you then you'll have victory so who knows in five years you could have a grammy or i wouldn't know what to do with myself (laughs) exactly so that's amazing um okay so um a last question I felt like there was another one I had before my last question but um what can fans expect from you in 2021 what are your well so I hope fans can expect to see us back on the road Mm -hmm. right now I mean I know I'm itching to be at a live show and people need music you know people I need music I can't wait to be sitting at a concert you know just watching somebody pour their heart and soul out you know up there on stage and just feel it with them and you know I think I'm just excited because for me when I get up on stage and I do that I feel like I'm not alone and that's my goal for everybody else in that room to feel that way too you know to make sure that they don't feel alone that we're in this together whether that whether that means we're having a dang good time or we're going through something and so hopefully fans can expect that they can expect new music um, they can expect me to continue acting crazy on social media and they can continue to, uh, I can't wait to, first of all, hug people because it's been, <laughs> Long time. I don't remember the last time I got a hug. I think we all need one of those too, yeah. but yeah, if they come to a show, they can expect a big old hug. Cause that's what, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I every and we need country music concerts. Other genres are great too, but there's nothing like country music. You're right about that. Yeah. You are. Um, do you have any thoughts or, or about you probably have maybe a fan or two in Asia? You might be surprised. You might have a Chinese fan or uh, an Arab yeah. fan or someone down well, Australia, I'm sure you've got some, but in places that you wouldn't imagine, how does that yes. you feel that people are listening to country music and that you might have a fan? You know, I think that right there that goes to prove just how special country music truly is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm from a town of 300 people in Northeast Louisiana. I mean, Podunk, a little town called Baskin. And to know that somebody is listening to my music on the other side of the world who didn't grow up the way that I grew up, you know, but we can still relate to each other. Um, We still have something in common. We might not know what it is, but we have something in common. And maybe it's a way that we have felt or, you know, just our love for country music. And that is pretty dang cool. And I think country music, unites people more than we even realize yeah it does and it's because it tells stories does it's about those stories yeah and it's like no matter what you're going through in life there's a country music song for that girl you ain't lying (laughs) you ain't lying yeah you are right awesome well Lainey thank you so much for your time and thank you you're the best it's so good to see you you too, and keep safe. And don't you too. Do it again, and God bless you, and may the Lord keep you.
Thank you very, very much. And Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Girl. Bye-bye. We'll see you. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and that you have found a soulful connection to the conversation. God bless you. And until the next episode, go bless somebody else.